Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is a podcast from Minute Media. (laughs) It would be a wolf, but I... Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. Rich Hobbs here today. Joining me after our win against Southampton, we've got Kim and Gully. How are we both this evening, guys? Not too bad. Feeling a lot better after your win, obviously. Yeah, Yeah, I mean... Can't complain. I was going to say, not all of us have done a 12k run like uh, Kim today. Um, And also then... I felt that 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 I could <laughs> yeah. To be fair, you can get I know, away. I know. I just, I just, exercise. I just hope that I don't fall asleep as we start talking about wolves tonight. Just because I feel like I've been on the go all day. Ran, had a mixed grill. Now it's like a bit of a food coma. So you know, I try my best to stay awake for everyone. Well, me and Gilly will try and keep the conversation. I guess. <laughs> I guess engagement. I mean, I mean no pressure, Cully, is that? To be fair, if the most if the most interesting point of the podcast is Kim falling asleep on screen, then you know it'd be something a little bit different. We'll, we'll get we'll get even more hits from um, the Raoul video that got posted yesterday. Oh, Jesus Christ! Honestly, amazing. I mean, I don't want to say. I feel like I need to pack in GTA because it's not. It's just never going to reach those levels, is it? Like, what's the point? What's the point? Post videos around Jimenez every week, why don't we? Yeah, like I, I like to think we will talk about the game in a minute, guys. I like to think, <laughs> yeah, we do this all in our spare time, and I, I genuinely believe we put out really good, interesting stuff that's engaging. Whether it's the preview shows, the review shows, Gully's tactical analysis shows that can't go really in depth. We we get to be fair, we we get a few interviews, and we're we're really proud of it, and we're really proud of how our YouTube channels. Uh, growing do subscribe to it if you haven't already it's just wolves fancast but i think earlier this week the preview show for the southampton game got about 400 views the 35 second video we uploaded of uh Raul getting applauded off the pitch it was on twenty three thousand. I, 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 I don't get it i don't get wow, it wow i didn't realize that yeah that's yeah. crazy it's like yeah like the most mundane video um, <laughs> like you could possibly think of posting. And that's it's always the most simple videos, isn't it? Yeah. The simple bits of content that always go viral. So yeah. I'm thinking like we could just clip Kim falling asleep partway through a podcast and like yeah. me and Gully like and to wake her up. So, uh, well, let, let's talk about the game and see if we can um, get Kim to fall asleep. So for anyone who has been living in a rock the last couple of days, Wolves won 3-1 against Southampton at home. Yet another win, guys. I mean, 
all, all's rosy at Molyneux at the moment, it seems. I mean, <laughs> rolling back to, I guess, 2pm with the starting lineup, I think there was a little bit of, I don't know, there was a bit of an interesting feeling because um, we had a debut for Toti Gomez, who's been recalled from his loan spell in Switzerland. Um, and Nevis was out injured as well. Um, guys, I'll start with uh, Gully. What, what were your sort of feelings on the lineup? I mean, sort of, I guess, sort of Gomez over, you could argue, Marcel or Sanderson, really. Yeah, it's always nice to see a new name on the sheet. Uh, so it always gives you a little bit more intrigue and, and interest, I find. And, you know, the, what we've seen of Toti and the reviews you get from Switzerland are that he's a prospect. Now, translating that into the Premier League is a whole different kettle of fish. But the fact that Bruno's seen him in training um, and has shown a little bit of faith in in his abilities. Yeah, goes to show he's a brave manager for a start. He has faith in youth, which I think he came with that reputation from Benfica and he's actually delivering on that a little bit. So it's nice to see. And it kind of goes to, to show that you don't need to look outwards outside of the club continually to find the solutions, like we keep saying. Yeah, I think... Um... He seems to potentially be the answer we're looking for over the January, February period with Sace being out um, at the African Cup of Nations. I mean, but we'll go talk about some of the key match incidents as a whole. Um, but Kim, what were your sort of thoughts on uh, Gomez and how he played yesterday? I thought he was absolutely brilliant considering it was his um, first game for Wolves. I think, to be honest, just going back to when the team sheet was announced, I'm not afraid to admit that I've never heard of this guy. Had to get on, had to get on Google. Okay, 43 games for Grasshoppers, three goals, great. Um, Portuguese under 20 internationals, okay. Um, I, you couldn't fault him, could you, really? I thought his positioning was great. He looked comfortable on the ball. Um you know, I think there were a few times where there was a bit of miscommunication between um, maybe, was it Saar at some point and, and Cody? You felt like he wasn't as assured as Sace. However, he's not going to be because, you know, it's his first game for Wolves and he needs to, you know, get to know his teammates. But I was really, really impressed and shocked at the time because obviously we thought in the Cup game, we thought, it, you know, playing Marcel first half, first half of the Cup game, um, then Donka there, second half, you thought, well, it's going to be one of those two that are going to play. Um, but I think he was suspended, was he, or something? That's why that he couldn't play in the Cup game, Gomez. That's what I did read on Twitter. I don't know if that's true. Um, but, yeah, brilliant, brilliant performance, I think. Yeah, I think he seems to be sort of very much of a safe mould in terms of having someone who can kind of carry it out from the back, being left-footed, I think definitely helped as well. Um, I think I was slightly disappointed that Sanderson didn't play, chiefly just because of um, incoming through the ranks very much more at Wolves and having a couple of domestic loan spells and, frankly, having more recognition of him, as you kind of noted. I didn't know too much about him apart from we, we recorded him a week or so ago. Um, but I can understand him not wanting to necessarily move Kilman, which I think is 
quite a vibe. You know, I think Kilman's obviously played so well this season, um, but the fact he hasn't had to move him out of position or kind of change yeah. that, I think, I think it's really kind of vital for the sort of the whole system as a whole. Totally, I think Bruno kind of alluded to it, didn't he, after the game that you know you don't want to move too many pieces um, when you have a a gap opening up into the team when the team's playing well and then they're comfortable where they are. Um, Neves getting COVID was clearly going to be a miss. To then decide, you, you know, you needed Dendonka in the back three. I think that kind of made the decision for him a little yeah. bit, knowing that, you know, the, the next senior option from for central midfield had to be Dendonka in, in there. So, and then, you know, it was a, probably a toss-up between... Um, Gomez playing in there and maybe Sanderson, but I think it, it goes to show that the thought process is still around Sanderson probably going back out on loan rather than tying into the club with an appearance um, and, and, and potentially wasting the second half of this season. Yeah, it, feel, it feels like Sanderson's, Sanderson's been recalled very much to be a reserve in the almost the truest sense of the word, isn't it? Um, so, mm. Same with Giles, I guess, which I get. And I, it's to the benefit of Wolves, so you can't really argue. And I think, I was going to say, long term, the next sort of couple of weeks, you sort of hope that that they both get low moves again to the championship, and they both keep on progressing rather than you say they get stuck in stuck in Wolverhampton. That sounds really bad, but you know, if they're not getting game time, that, that's that's what's important. And you know, if, if Gomez has shown that he can kind of compete for the place a bit more. On that side, we're, we're arguably more covered on the right-hand side of the defence with Dendonka and things like that. Then, you know, it, it, it's looking positive. I mean, go, going to the game itself, um, I thought the initial kind of opening stages, initial twenty minutes, was quite interesting in terms of how direct Southampton were into, in attacking us, which has been a bit of a trait for well Southampton in general. Whenever they've played, well, so they seem to get at us quite early. But it felt that there was a lot of huff and puff from Southampton and a lot of corners coming in, but not an awful lot really testing us for me. Um, and then, yeah, I was going to say, and then Wolves, Wolves very much stayed in. It wasn't like we were being dominated, but then, then we get the penalty as well. Yeah, I think I wasn't surprised, actually, the way Southampton came mm. out because they're a bit of a weird team, aren't they? In the sense that they're quite easy on the eye to watch, I think. Um, however, I don't feel like they've really, well, when we play them anyway, I've got that cutting edge and we seem to tend to do well against them. So it was almost a case, I think, of riding the storm, shall we say. And obviously, Saar made a, a few great saves at the, at the start and was quite a, the busier goalkeeper. Um but then I think, again, we did grow into the game and, and you know, we looked really good on the break overall, I think. Um, and then, as you say, the penalty, well, it was a stonewall penalty and unbelievable how long it took for them to actually decide it was a penalty. You know, how it must have been about three or four minutes from yeah. when they decided to check it for, for through to it being given. Yeah, good. Are your thoughts on the penalty decision itself? Yeah, on first viewing live, I wasn't really sure what happened. Um, I thought Bednarek had basically won the ball and then gone through Aitnuri. 
and then the Pedence one didn't really look like a, a tackle to a foul to me at all. So I was half expecting nothing to come of it. Um, but then, yeah, with the benefit of VAR, um, you saw that Bednarek didn't get a touch on the ball. And it was one of those, which I always like to point out, if it's outside the penalty area, you're giving a free kick for it. So, you know, the defence should remain, reflect the, you know, the position on the pitch that it's in. So it should be a penalty, essentially. But no. Yeah, I can't... Uh... I feel like it is one of those where you say in the heat of battle, in the heat of everything, you, you can always blink and you miss it if you're not careful because, you know, it, it kind of happens 10, 10 times a game that a defender will have to clear the ball and will catch an opponent and things like that. But, you know, that, that sounds silly, but that's why we've got VAR. And, you know, if I, if there's three certainties in life, it's death taxes and Jimenez scoring against Southampton. I mean, again, just, just as cool as you like and, I hadn't quite realised how long it's been since we've had a penalty. It's been nearly a year. I think it's been eleven months or something. It helps if it helps when you get in the box. Oh I think, wow! For a start, yeah. so you know, getting into the penalty area is a pretty key part of winning a penalty, isn't it? Um, so <laughs> let's just say that it was for the first six months of the year. Um, it wasn't very likely at all, was it? Was it the William Jose or no? Yeah. It might have been against Southampton, maybe. Neves scored one, yeah. I think. Newcastle, wasn't it? Was it Newcastle when Neves scored? He scored ahead of against Newcastle. Come on, it was... come on, Rich. You just you just told us it's 11 I was going to say, I, to- I, I, I could tell you it was Valentine's <laughs> Day last year. But... We scored a penalty against Southampton where when Neto scored that amazing goal for the winner, the first goal was a penalty. Samedo had a shot. It was like a dodgy handball decision from what I recall. Mm. And Neves took that away to make it one all, And then Neto scored that blinder to win us a game. But then we also had the one where Arsenal was screaming about when Jose was running through. Yeah. And David Luiz got sent off. Because that would have worked out. Yeah. But anyway, it's been a while. And I think, Gully, you made the the point. It did get me thinking. It's particularly around Adama Traore, who we'll no doubt talk about later because... How we always talk about a Dharma trial, right? Um, how you know so many of fouls are on the halfway line are 45 yards out. Um, and it doesn't actually really kind of penetrate into a box. He's usually pulled down 40 yards forward. And yeah, say it got me sort of thinking in terms of we don't really get that many plays into a box all too often. It's only been in the last month where, you know, everyone's kind of just jumping in. But it was nice to see him in escort though. Um, and, you know, I think me and you, Gully, we talked on a preview show, didn't we, a bit about him and his form as a whole and his <laughs> overall vibe at the moment? Yeah, I think ultimately you, you want your striker scoring goals, don't you, however they come. And penalties have been quite an important part of his game. I think he's got one of the best records for a, stri- a striker that's currently operating in the Premier League. The only one he's missed since he's come to the club was that, that one against Sevilla, wasn't it? So, um I had no qualms about um, him stepping up and putting that away. Um, you know, people people make some weird claims about his injury affecting him and stuff, you know, almost as if he's been brain damaged and things. And he's just like, no, when you see the way he's still operating in those kind of scenarios, you just know everything's all there because he operates exactly the same way that he would have done pre-injury. So I, I, I don't have those concerns about him, I think. Now, 
So, I think he still needs to step up a little bit, though. Yeah, he's not, not playing well enough. Not him. He's not playing well enough, but there's absolutely no chance that he shouldn't be playing, in my opinion, unfortunately. Like, I know Silver's actually come on and, and really looked good at the moment in his last couple of appearances. But I still feel like if you have a if we have a chance in the six yard box, who do you want it to fall to? It's still Raul Jimenez, so yeah. I don't think we can afford to put him on the bench. No, I think hopefully at least a penalty or otherwise it's, it's still a goal and it, it's still positive for him. Not say with with silver gaining form, gaining momentum. That's going to just put a little bit of extra distance between, you know, his spot really being, you know, in threat. Other end of the pitch, if we can take our rose-tinted spectacles off, do we think Southampton should have had a penalty too? No. What about you, Kim? No, just about. Just about. I have got those slight tint of orange spectacles on. But I, I honestly don't think it was. I don't think it was clumsy enough to be a penalty, and I, I don't. I think I am being a little bit biased because I think if it was the other way around, I would be like, mm, I think that was a penalty. But I don't know. I don't think it was personally. I, I guess so, to play devil's advocate and kind of use my own analogy, it would probably be a free kick outside the area, wouldn't it? Because it's a safe and easy option to give it and then referees don't mind doing that. And that referee in particular probably would have given it because he was shite, frankly. Um, and yeah, I, I just think stuff like that is players looking for penalties rather than, you know, the eight Nuri one, you're not, you know, no, no one can convince me that eight Nuri was looking to get fouled in that scenario. Whereas Romayu was just like, Oh, I just need to beat Dendonka to the ball and maybe he'll kick me. Um, so. And if nah, that was given, you could give like, you could give hundreds of penalties, you know what I mean? He just, he almost, he did just kind of play for it. And I guess mm. that's what the modern game is like. But that, like, if you, if you use your analogy, then you've literally, you'd give like hundreds of penalties. So for me, would. I would say no. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of the same thought process of, as that, but. <laughs> The, the intent wasn't. It, it's still a contact sport, which and I, all it was is they're sort of both challenging for the ball. And I, I kind of do get the the argument. Well, if it's ten yards further forward, is it free kick? Probably yes. I, this is where you could go into like the weird and magical realm of like indirect free kicks or stuff like that. Um, you know, for ones where it's yeah, but it, it's probably a foul, but not. Not not enough for a penalty. I feel that's what that that's what it is for me. It's like it's probably a free kick, but not a penalty. And I and I know that those two things don't correlate, do they? Um, but again, something else I didn't realise, which you know, as many listeners know, will happen a lot uh, to me. In the just short of what was it, the 59th minute, Connor Cody scored his first ever goal at Molyneux for Wolves. And I I hadn't realised Not quite. It was Not quite. In the league? In the league, yeah. In the yeah, league. Yeah, he got, like, yeah, he got yeah. one in. The, he got like a diving header in the cup, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I hadn't kind of quite 
realised it because he's kind of knocked in a couple of goals for us now um, in the last sort of 18 months or so. There is no bigger smile in the world as when he scores, though, is there? Like, just so happy to score. And I feel genuinely that's what football's all about for me. Just he just unbridled joy about it. And he, and he had one disallowed, hadn't he? Like ten minutes before. Yeah, not, not where go yeah, where Gomez was just off, wasn't he? Um yeah. so I was just so pleased that he got he got his goal and it was obviously in front of the South Bank, so yeah. It was actually quite cleverly worked from us, I think, because, like you said, that free kick beforehand where they'd run offside, it was a bit more flat, a bit more whipped in, so they had to move quite early and run the risk of being offside, whereas Eight Nuri, he looped it in quite high, which, first of all, it tempted the keeper to come out, but it also meant that our players could just watch the ball rather than making a run into an offside position and then get their head on it, which is what Kilman did. Um and that kind of negated the, uh, the the fact that we might have, have run offside and ultimately everything that happened afterwards was as a result of just winning the header, the mistake by the keeper. And did you watch Raul try and follow up? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he was doing. Like, it was it was quite funny. Like, he just seemed be... to lose if control. If it had hit him, if yeah. it had hit him yeah. and he was on the other side of the goal line, wouldn't he have been offside? Yeah. If he was here, yeah, well, we saw that today with the yeah. Leeds game, which I thought mm. was oh, fucking ridiculous. But um, it was just funny watching him try and get to the initial ball before it hit the post because he just seemed to lose total control of his limbs um, and pretty much just fall into the goal. Yeah. Um, don't know what it was, he was playing. It was out there, of, do you know what it was for me? It's he didn't want to make contact with it because he thought there was still a chance of it going in, and. The last thing you probably want as a player, even if you're still keen for a goal, is to seal someone else's. Oh, uh, no. Nah, if I'm a striker, that is... No. <laughs> Come on. You, That's a goal doing... bonus. That's a goal say, bonus you're, there. You've got to think about it that way. You're happy to be Nugent in this, aren't you? <laughs> oh, 100%. Oh, I'll take that all day long. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, we, we talk a lot about walls and set pieces um, just because of how fantastic they've been. And again, it it's really interesting to sort of see because... We sort of noted the first free kick thing nearly got right, but didn't. But then worked out, actually, this is what we need to do better. But it's still kind of very clearly training ground stuff, isn't it? You know, they, they, he's, knocked in, he's knocked the ball into the box to probably our biggest play on the pitch. Um, and, do you know, know what's funny? Do you know what's funny, though? How ridiculously good our centre-backs seem and threatening they seem to be when we've got corners now and it feels yeah. like it's only been the last sort of few weeks so not only are they ridiculously good in defending set pieces and we still haven't conceded from a set piece this season like that stat still i was gonna say um, are we are we saying from a corner now no because it could oh, be yeah. an indirect free kick I, i'm not having that corner. as a set piece concede concession because there was nothing anybody could have done about it so <laughs> yeah, I, that yes, count. yeah good point it doesn't count. It doesn't count. You, you know, it's just a ridiculous. <laughs> if we made a mistake leading up to it, then maybe you could point us out as a, you know, it's, it's a blot on our copybook. But it's not. It's just not. We can say we... corners anyway, like yeah, you said. I feel so... that Locke conceding a goal from a corner in twenty games is still, is still impressive enough stat. That's um, ridiculous. It's, it's really good. Yeah, like, 
Are um, we annoyed when it actually goes? Yeah. Of like, oh, I really well. want us to go a whole season now without yeah. conceding the set, uh, and, set piece. Because that's got, got to be like a record, and yeah, it? you've got to give props to Tony Roberts, who's he's yeah. totally transformed our game at both ends. I think because, like you say, we we're, we're getting a lot yeah. of goals from set halves, um, which is work that he's doing and you, mm. you notice that every time we're defending or attacking a set piece he comes out to the edge of the technical area and he's the one barking the orders yeah. um, and making sure everybody's where they need to be um, and I think the, 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 the one really interesting thing that he's done when the ball comes out to the edge of the box and we're all screaming shoot I think it's 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 quite noticeable how reluctant players are now like the Neves pass to Sace when we're at Brighton away you know when he clipped it in over the top to him rather than having the shot at goal. Little things like that is probably what they've been working on and they're paying dividends at the moment. So fair play to him. Yeah, I mean, I've what one of my many, frankly, um, things to beat football overhead with is the lack of preparation teams have on set pieces. And I know the chance of scoring from like a corner, like one in 20 or something like that. In, and there's a lot of chance, but it's also... a set opportunity where you can reset and actually do it right and you only have to look like England in the last couple of World Cups in terms of how they you know how they operate to get goals from set pieces and to see Wolves do it is is really good and yeah we all love to see a ball bounce to the edge of a box and never have a swing at it for that again about one in 20 chance but it's a numbers game and it, 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 it's almost just trying to take out a little bit of that instinct, isn't it? Just to, you know, wallop it back in because it seems like the right thing to do when we all know it isn't. And, you know, that, that it's been drilled in, it's drilled in. And, yeah, uh, you can't fault Tony And Roberts. do we think that the crowd, our crowd are getting more um, patient? Because around me, it's still like, Oh, I hear a few groans when we go backwards, and people think we should be going a bit more passing forwards, or I when to... it's like people we think we should be shooting, and yeah. it's like no, 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 we'll just pass again. But that's the right; it is the right thing to do. But then the natural, the natural fan is just shoot, and then it's like then, for instance, I think it was Dendon, was it Dendonka, where everyone shouted shoot. And it absolutely went miles just, wide, and yeah. everyone groaned. And it's like yeah. you all told him to shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had a lady sat next to me uh, who I hadn't seen before this season, and she was very much of the "why are we going backwards" kind of crowd. And I, I kind of just threw my head back every time she said, "You just it, have, like, you oh, have to bite God. your tongue, don't you? you do, it's not you even do. worth a conversation. It's not. It's not at all. And I mean, if you've watched literally any Wolves match this year. You you at least pick up and understand they're doing it for a reason. Mm. That 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 and I get it under different managers, different regimes. If they're knocking it across the back, you can see when a team's got an idea and when they don't. And these ones clearly do. And that's what I can't. You know, whenever kind of people bemoan it or say, "Oh, we're not moving it forward," it's like, well, it's probably a reason. They're trying to work out what they need to do next on it. Um, we've talked about set pieces for Wolves. Um. Uh, Southampton pulled one back with an okay free kick. Um, I mean, let, let's be honest. Did anyone else think it got a deflection at first? Because it took me a few viewings to kind of genuinely realise it didn't clip off Martinho. I just thought that it couldn't. It had to have deflected just because of the pure spin on the ball. And it were you watching from didn't. the south bank, Kim? You watching from the south bank? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I was. 
I thought it was an amazing, amazing finish. But then I thought after when I was going to watch it back, I thought it must have took a deflection just to fly in like that. But it didn't. The first thing I thought was like, is he actually going to have a go from here? Like, because it, it genuinely looked far, 35 yards out. I was like, yeah. but it looked, it looked far away. Like, you know, even just from, from yeah. sitting in the stadium, like you thought, hmm, I'm not so sure about this, James, but um, he, he sure uh, showed us what the bloody, it was, it was a serious strike. Yeah. I mean, that, there is, there is genuine potential. And a part of me feels a bit sorry because that goal is going to get forgotten because it's not having an important game and they lost. And say, how many times do you see a free kick score from that range with that power, with that trajectory? And again, like I, I watched it back before we recorded. And I was like, I mean, because it, it, it's what it took its spin pretty much after that 10 yard point where the wall was, uh, where Martino was. And I was like, sure, maybe it just clipped his shoulder. But you thought, like, then I went, no, no, because he's going to have hit it with such power. Martino would have reacted, right, if it did, like, clip off him. Um, yeah, so... I just felt like Jose Sarr was not going to get beaten yesterday. It literally had to take that kind of goal to beat him. Like, and it was so annoying that we didn't get the clean sheet. In the, I mean, it didn't matter, but it's still annoying when we don't concede many. And I suppose you could take it as a positive that at least it was a ridiculous goal like that. Yeah, it does almost feel like borderline offensive um, when Wolves concede at the moment. It's like, how dare you? How dare you score against <laughs> us? Um, and, you know, like they, they do take genuine pride, you're saying, like being miserly at the back. Um so, yeah, but I also thought, no, no, I wouldn't say he's lucky not to have been sent off, but that challenge just after the goal from Ward Prowse, that was a nasty one. And his follow-up... Was it on Matinho, was it? Um, I think it was, it was, yes. It was like he kind of crunched right through him and then gave it a bit of afters as well. I thought... Yeah, then there's a bit of a scrap, wasn't there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. when they were, they were just getting yeah. really... They were getting frustrated, weren't they, at this yeah. point in Southampton? Because it was too... They'd just scored, hadn't they? It, it, it was 2-1. It was, it was borderline. It was basically like from the kickoff. It was about a minute later or something like that. Um, yeah. I was going to say, one thing, if, no, if nothing else for Dendonka, I do like it when things kick off because although he isn't like massively aggressive, he is big and he does kind of just move people when it comes to those situations. I've seen it a few times now um, where like, so I think it might've actually been Ward Prowse where he was like looming over him. Then Donk almost like, almost like a rugby player stepping over a rook, just like just moved him back five yards without having to do anything. I was like, I'd love to know. Why is he angry? I was going to say, why isn't he as aggressive though? This when we're actually when the ball's yeah. in play, because for channel, me, channel it properly. He yeah. wasn't. He didn't play that great yesterday. I thought he was okay, but I thought it. It was clearly obvious how much we missed Neves. The amount of times that he literally needed to just clear the ball and find a wolf shirt, and he just like headed it right back to a Southampton player. Um, and I think there was one ball that he played was like Neves esque, actually, if I remember rightly. Yeah, the there was one. Wing. There was one. But then, apart from that, I felt like he went missing. It just needs to. We need to figure out what gets him angry, and then kind of just before kickoff, just you know, wind him up about it, um, and then let him 
let him loose on on opposition midfielders because I don't know how else to eke out of him. He 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 isn't combative enough for the size of bloke that he is for the job that we need him to do. He can't play centre half for me because he doesn't want to go in and win battles with people. Yeah, I think it almost feels like he never goes through something, whether it's yeah. a, a tackle or a pass. It's all very. I look at some of his um, stats and all his like simple passings, like in the like, 80th percentile. But then progressive ones, forward ones, however you want to describe it, yeah. it's all so. He's so very weird. safe, and you saw yeah. with Toti Gomez straight away. He's one thing. You, if you if you stripped his game down to simple, you know, principles, it's that he wants to get the better of his his man and like mm. win every duel, and that's what you need at centre half. So dropping Dendonka back into the back line for me isn't really a viable option now. Uh, even Marcel, you know, you know, he might be a bit rash at times, but he's going to be on the front foot. He's going to be smashing into people. And he's going to let him know that he's there. But Although Marcel's. Marcel's positioning though is a bit worrying if he was going to play centre back. But that's oh, why I we have really three, like I think. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of it's... safety in numbers, isn't there? Well, yeah. I think Totti Gomez has got the shirt now. So... At the moment, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah I think. Although, uh, go on. Um, apparently, there were some shouts of Tito uh, from the from the South Bank at certain points. My mum was telling me Tito. Yeah, people can't pronounce his name. Like one of the most simple names you could possibly write on a football shirt. And um, there's a few. And people think that we can start a new Daniel Pedent song if they can't even pronounce a uh, player's name right. Exactly. Ooh. But as I say, t- time will tell. I think on that left centre half spot, I think it's going to be an interesting kind of couple of games until sort of Sace is back. Um, uh, I was going to say, before we talk about Troy's actual goal, um, Yet again, I thought the subs impressed. Um, Troy Ray, when, when he came on, he obviously scored. Um, but also Silver, when he came on, again. Um, it, it was just before, and you, I always felt so sorry for Troy Ray in terms of him missing a chance. But his work to uh, get the ball into the box and to kind of force the save from Silver, again, he, he just seems a new year, new me at the moment. I wonder if he's doing dry January. I think... I just think it's a shame that he doesn't really fit the formation in terms of he's never going to really play over Raul, I don't think. Um, but after Sunday, I got probably a little bit overexcited with his performance and then realised, hang on, he, we're only playing Sheffield United, they're a championship team. But then yesterday, even coming on against a Premier League team, I thought he just looked so strong. Like, mm-hmm. he must have been on a serious weight training programme because he just seemed to be bulldozing everyone out of the way. Um, and he just looks confident again. So I'm really, I, I'm i happy with him as a second striker. And I don't, I'm, I would pretty much continue with that last the end of the season now. I don't think we particularly need another out-and-out striker, personally. I think he's, he's shown more than enough that he's, almost coming on as a player even in the last two, three months. So yeah, really pleased. Yeah. Um and the goal itself uh, for Troy Ray. Big thing I think we literally started for uh, earlier in the show uh, about penalty saying he doesn't get near enough into the box. It's just exactly what we needed from him. Uh, good goody, thoughts on the goal. Yeah, I think I think 
him and Silver kind of the agents of chaos kind of came on, uh, didn't they? They're there to exploit the spaces that you know Southampton were leaving when they're trying to chase a goal. So it was ready made for him to to come on and have an impact. And I just like the way that he kind of got the other situation out of his system, um, meaning the open goal that he missed um, as, as as soon as possible. Because I, I did feel I was I was genuinely speechless at, the, at that point because. I just didn't know what to say after that. Did miss, your heart sink a little bit? It did. The crowd did. were on his back, weren't they? Well, mm, round yeah. me, they were li- I heard and people just like, sell him, sell him. And then literally two minutes later, he's through on goal. And that composure, it's like, oh, it was as though he must have, he heard them, didn't he? He heard everyone on his back and he thought, right, that is it. The next one's going in. And why is he not that composed all the time? I, I feel like it was a kind of situation where he probably had less time to think about it. And it, the situation opened itself up to, there's only one real way you want to finish this. You know, you're going to beat him on the outside and you're going to slot it across the keeper with your left foot. So, you know, it, it took the options out almost and, and that helped him make his decision and finish. And, you know, when, when he makes it look that easy, it really frustrates you because, you know, he, he, he can make football look a very easy game. But I was just really, really pleased for him just because I think, you know, people get on his back so much about the goals and assists and, and, and rightfully so to a certain extent. But he is also the most targeted player in the in the league um, without without question. And for him to be able to run free towards the penalty area and actually go and capitalise on a situation which is relatively of his own making, um, it was nice to see and... He has got ability. You see in the training videos and stuff as well. Like you see him finishing chances in that, and because nobody's cleaning him out forty yards from goal, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and maybe there's a reason why people are doing it. Um, so yeah, thank God for that because uh, it's a, a monkey off the back, as you say. Yeah, and I think he's someone who kind of you feel it so much more when he misses a chance. It doesn't matter if it's a you know an open you know an open goal or it. It's from outside the box, but whenever he misses one, you almost feel that sort of oh, man. You can damn. almost feel the com- his confidence drain. Yeah, yeah. Can't you? yeah. And you totally. should really have that as a fo- in any sort of footballer. But when you see him do something like that with such serene calmness to score, where it's just like, just do that every time. And I know he doesn't. He's not sometimes able to get in those positions for either his his own ability or the opposition's tactics but it's like he'll give you he'll give us moments like that where we're like you know what he needs this new contract but then you say two minutes before it's go you know what sell him for 20 million and we'll cut our losses and it's just this duality of adama triore for i still don't know whether we're gonna you know resolve it or not, uh, uh, in a wolf shirt or not, but at least on, I was going to say on Saturday, he gave us a bit of hope and a bit of joy and you know what? Life would be boring without him, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, yeah. from, from a con- I was going to say, not not sound too selfish, but from a content point of view, he's, he gives us a lot to go with. He's one of the most marketable footballers on the planet, I think, um, with his very unique physique um, I think he popped his shoulder out again. I'm not 100% sure if it was properly out, but I definitely saw him crouch down and and, and have a bit of treatment on his shoulder. 
Um, so, you know, that that was the Adama Traore bingo kind of complete, I think. You know, missed open goal, dislocated shoulder, um, and, and, and chance taken. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you know what, though? I would back him now to go on a run. I'm going to say it now. Get him in the team. Get him in the team. I reckon he's going <laughs> to... Confidence is sky high again. And I think even if he does go in Jan, he's going to put a bit more money on his price by getting a, another couple of goals in the next two or three games. You heard okay, it. Is, but... I mean, I know we, we, we don't necessarily want to delve too much into it, but in the week, I was sold. I was, I was, I was thinking he's done. Yes. He's gone. <laughs> yeah. He's out, the, he's out yeah. the door. And now I'm sitting here thinking, let's just run his contract down. Fuck it. You know, <laughs> yeah. if we're in a better position when his contract's done, we'll shake hands and say, go on a free, mate, and, and live your life and have a good time. But I... I, I uh, I was going to say, what, like, a, what I, a bloke! Like, uh. Literally, on Monday night when I did the um, Sheffield United pod, I put a really, you know, pretty concise argument in terms of, you know, what eighteen months left, his value is only going to dip from here. Sell while you can, and now after that goal, I was like, or six months, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> and I just, I, I just—it's down play. to him, isn't it? If he wants to stay, then. I'll keep him. If he's, he doesn't want to be here, it he can yeah. still go. He's going to sign when we're in the Champions League next season, though, ain't he? Like, of course no. he is. No, I'd yeah. say it's too late. You should sign <laughs> before. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like, it'll be interesting, I guess, his form and Wolves form in the next, well, 18 games, I guess, to, uh, to kind of really judge it. But, yeah, one day we'll solve the enigma of Adama Traore. Um, I was going to say, it sounds silly when I say it, but quite a lot of Bulls players played really well uh, yesterday. Um, who are your standouts? Saar and Kilman for me. Mm. I'm going defensive. So, uh, but, do yeah. we think we played well? Really? I don't think, going forward, I don't think there was any obvious, real bright sparks. I thought everyone played okay. And I thought we had to do quite a lot of defending, hence why I've got Sarah and Kilman as my two. I think the back six did well. I think I think Ain't Norway had a really good, uh, had a strong game, and I think Matinho did well. Then Donker, I, mean, I was going to say, you never know, has a great game. Um, Podence was a little. Podence was a bit quite. He, he was trying to make things happen, same as Trincao, but I think they kind of, in a way, struggled with. Southampton's formation as well, really. Um, I think, I think, it's, yeah. I mean, to kind of sum up my thoughts on it, I guess if you ask the two managers which team kind of put their plan out on the pitch better, I reckon Southampton actually did. But we took advantage of the moments better than they did. Yeah, I, I know Bruno was, was saying he's quite pleased with the performance and that. Yeah, I don't necessarily 100% believe him because. I don't, we didn't control the game in too much, too much but of it. Did we I don't mean think. to? Like we've seen this before, where Bruno clearly has different plans for different games. He does, but so, so, so and for, based on that, based on when he's put Pedence and Trincao in the team up front, I always think he's trying to control the ball and keep possession. Um, and we didn't really do it, um, which is fine. We because, had that, we had that cutting edge though, didn't we? That's yeah, amazing. Ultimately, I think we have better players than them, so. We took advantage of that, so which is fine, and we got the win. I'm not, I'm not sold on it being a great performance, to be honest. No, I think it was a good performance. 
I would I would label it as good. It was okay. I I think. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. You're a hard man to please. This, no, honestly, I think Bruno will... We scored three would, goals in a game. I know. This is the weird thing about it, though, isn't it? It's it's Southampton. Southampton are a strange team to play against. And Well, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Is they, they, we, we always have interesting duels against Southampton, historically. And I think it would have been different if Nevis was playing. We miss um, Neves and we miss Sace in terms of keeping the ball. 100%. Yeah, I think that that would have made a potential difference into. I think Neves in for Dendonka. I think in terms of possession and how he shifted the ball about, I think would have made a. Well, obviously it would have made a difference. Um, but I, I get what you're saying because, um, yeah, Southampton. There's a lot of huff and puff, but I don't think they. They're, they're just a good. Um, mid-table team and that's what they are whereas I think Wolves whether it's through the likes of Jimenez or just through uh, to be honest it's through Traore um, shown by the goal just have somebody who can do something a bit special and and, and it goes South back to the point not, yeah. and it's not always Traore either no it's not and again you know when when we're always talking about bringing players in we need to make signings all this kind of stuff like when you think about how long Southampton have been in the Premier League, um, how much churn they've had within the squad and what they're left with at the moment, and you look at us and you match them up, you know, man for man, you take our squad over theirs all day long. And it's that perspective, I think, that we need on the players that we actually still have at the club. Yes, we could do with one or two more of good quality, but we've still got a better squad than, I'd say, 12 teams within the Premier League. You know, I'm looking with seventh or eighth best squad within the league, genuinely. So should count for something. Yeah, I think um did we sound like we sound like the preview show, didn't we, Gully, for like you put the two elevens on paper next to each other and do, do any of the Southampton players get in the Wolves team? And right, maybe you could say uh Potentially board prowse for Dendonka, but we'd have him as a special teams kicker. Yeah, yeah. that's what you'd have him as. You'd you, you, you'd be bringing him on for you know that one that one opportunity a game. To be honest, so there's probably yeah. a couple that you'd have that would be in the squad. Yeah, but on the pitch, but but you know yeah. for first team, mm. no, and that, that's no disservice to any of the Southampton players. And you know what we've said is really easy, clippable, and will no doubt make it into. You know, Southampton at forums getting really angry at us, but do you know what I want to say? Actually, they're a bit of a weird team, aren't they? Just yeah. because, right? So I was getting the train home, and obviously they're going in the same direction as me. There's loads of like yampy, shall we say, Southampton fans, and then I was just yampy. Hit over was that yampy? Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? It's a bit of a black country word, isn't it? It's like gobby. You mean yuppie? Yappy. Yeah. I'd say yappy or yuppie. Well, anyway, gobby, shall we say there? <laughs> and they were all saying, just talking about the free kick and like, oh, yeah, yeah, we played well today. Pretty, like, happy. It's like, you've lost 3-1. Like, who <laughs> is happy with a 3-1 defeat? Maybe it's just because Molyneux is a hard place so they'd already to come to, so they'd already sort of resign themselves to a loss. But I think I think strange. opposition fans have a, a higher view of our team than we do. And we have, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Who are we giving mana for match to? Well, I just told you they were all shit rich. So uh, I was going to say, like, like who gets <laughs> Jose Sarr. 
Yeah, who gets your? I was going to say, what's he? Ben. Oh, yeah, you know I'm going to go for Cody. Cody for, score, for scoring the goal and being pretty good in general. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to yeah. kind of Cody. I was going to say, I can see it with Cody. I think, as I said, I think all of the back, the back line did really well. Um, yeah, I'll give it Cody because he did score. Or, and... or even Hot Totty. Yeah. Oh, you, you've been saving that one, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> right. We're going to take a short break, guys. Um, we'll be back to talk about potential signings and Twitter corner right after this. Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some questionable opinions and opinionated questions. Talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. They are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyettingmedia.com. Com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references, and maybe even a bit of football talk. Hello and welcome back. So um, the news that broke just before the Wolves game is what was a potentially i'm saying potentially because i think he might be having a medical tomorrow um so we'll go through all the the usual um clauses or whatever so potentially maybe possibly uh assigning a shock horror portuguese player um they are set to sign portuguese winger chiquinho we're gonna go for um give you a short rundown guys so he's 21 years old he's a left winger um he's Basically, in his breakout season with second division side um, Estoril, um, scoring three goals and three assists in 15 games this season. I'm assuming we've all seen like the, the YouTube highlight reel. That's what I did just before I came on this podcast. Literally just give him a little Google. And he looks good, but this is setting alarm bells running in my head because this is another attacking winger with all the similar traits that we seem to have in our current wingers. So we've got Pedence, Traore, um, Trincao, Neto coming back, and now we're signing another winger. I feel like this is a backup plan in case Traore leaves, to be honest, because I think at first I was reading reports that he was a striker, and now after what reading some other reports and looking at the actual stat of uh, the YouTube videos, he's literally on he's literally on the wing, isn't he? So I'm a bit worried now. I think Troy Ryan might be leaving. I'll try and put your mind at ease, Kim. I think it's a signing to make before one of the big clubs in Portugal were gonna bag him and then put his fee up to upwards of fifteen mil maybe, because I reckon you know, teams like Porto, Benfica, Sporting might have been circling around him this summer. And we've just jumped in there with our connections. We, I, I don't know if he's necessarily even going to play for us this season. Maybe he's going to go back on loan to Estoril to, to finish the season. And, you know, he's, he's, he's there as a relatively low-risk, low-cost uh, potential wonder kid who will set the world alight next year. Know, you don't know what's going to happen with these signings no. now. After Saturday, it just feels like these players are just like coming out from thin air, and you think, are they well, playing? The... Are they going? Like, he's from the same club that we signed Toti Gomez from. So, if that's anything to go by, mm. um, maybe we should just chuck him in, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it'll be wonderful. 
I'm hearing two words: feeder club. There you go. Just, just keep, just keep them coming. Well, they'll, they'll go from Portugal to England, straight on a plane to Zurich. Get your six months done over there. Show what you can do. If you're storming it, come back. Take the world by storm. Um, I was going to say you, you've sort of answered my question as whether we think it, it, if he does sign, which it feels pretty certain at this point, whether we see him being in and around the first team second half of the season or whether he'll go out on loan, whether it's to Portugal or let's say sort of somewhere else or keep him around the keep him around the set for six months and then big loan spell next season. But... Do we think Trinkow's gonna be sent back? Like what is the deal with him? Like do we need to buy him in January or have we got to the end Spears, of the season? Spears Spears tweeted uh saying that Trinkow's likely to stay till the end of the season. There's no plans around him at the moment. So it's not like we've got a squad gap there if if you know he was to get mm-hmm. sent back and maybe to, to fill in that space but I don't know See, I'm happy with that as long as we don't need to make a decision in January because ultimately surely the decision would be we wouldn't be paying 25 million for him but I just I don't know I feel like people like uh, fans are getting on his back a little bit and I still think he ha- he's showing glimpses but then at the same time he's too lightweight and you feel like he's going to lose the ball too often I think it's okay because at the moment he, he he's good for about an hour and he clearly runs out of steam. He played better against Southampton, I think, than he has in, in recent weeks. Mm. And that gives us the opportunity to, to basically use up our other forwards and, and, and give them a run as well. He's he's, he's not going to set the world alight at this point, I don't think. He's not got the pace. He's just lacking a little bit of pace, isn't he? Um, yeah. But he's, he's, he's a decent technical footballer who is capable of producing something. And the more you give him a run out, the more I think he'll gain in confidence and, and hopefully produce a bit more. In a way, I almost felt like he needs almost like a two-year loan because I think even at the end of the season, will he be, would he be worth the, 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 the outlay? And I'm not quite sure. But as we sort of alluded to, I think there's still sort of a level of physicality within his game that needs improving, whether it's speed or strength um, that, that is required. And that, like, I guess, a physical conviction you need, as I said with Dendonka in a way, that you need to play through things sometimes and, like, you know, hit the ball with a bit more conviction or be able to go, oh, go shoulder My two sort of great examples of this is you look at the work Neto did, um, basically during quarantine um, a couple of years in twenty. 20 where he played a few games at the start and did look lightweight and then is bulked up and you know really hit the ground running um last year well when he when he was playing before his injury i mean you look at silver and the work he's doing um to physically develop himself as well so hopefully with trincao um yeah he has sort of a strong second half of the season you know get makes walls make a decision i guess um, which is all you really want in a player. But, yeah, I, I mean, I was a big fan of um, the Chiquinho goal he scored where he sort of did a dummy round with goalkeeper. That, was a, when he sat the keeper down. Yeah, sure. I was I was yeah. a big fan of that. What a bloke. D- don't necessarily see it happening in the Premier League just, just yet, but you know what? I do like a player with a bit of audacity like that. Um, shall we have some questions from Twitter Corner? Um, Let's do it. In... Any random order. Big thanks for everyone who sent them in. Um, get involved next time um, with at Wolves Fancast. Um, 
Rob Cartwright's first one, Apache, ironically, it's um, it, we've answered the first one just in a way in terms of Trinkaustic or Twist, and I think the answer is we don't quite know. Um, the other one around Toti Gomez, um, do we think the search for a centre-back this window can stop? Um, I kind of think so, just between him, Marcel, Sanderson, and, you know, well, second half of the season, Sace, it does feel like we're sort of covered for now um, and i think we we've um did we have we recalled mark is it marquez christian marquez i thought I'd yes read that we somewhere have. as well yes, we're we going have. to so so you've got to say that surely we won't be looking for a center back surely we need to look for a center midfielder that's the priority now right yeah i i i'd, I'd, I'd agree slightly further I forward think... if we ever get someone on loan who's happy to be a yeah. bench warmer but I think at the moment we're kind of window shopping rather than yeah. getting into the store and having a good rummage around. Um, so it's fine. It, it's 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 not an urgent need to to go and put something in. But if there's something in the window that tickles your fancy, at a, you know, a little fifty percent off or something like that, maybe just then, uh, just waiting for like the prime deals to come up. Yeah, so I remember my. Um, my my wedding suit was uh, was was in a shop window. I wasn't necessarily looking for that at that point, but when I saw it, I was just like, "There you go, that's the one. Get in there." And that was it. There we go. Do you know what's going to happen though? We'll lose to Brentford, and we need a whole new team again, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying oh. we'll think we need a new team. I'm just saying that the generic opinion of the fan base is like Villa assigned. Coutinho and look at us. He Lost scored a tap-in at the weekend, so he's obviously the best <laughs> player in the world now, isn't he? I, I did see that. And I, I'd seen he scored and seen some of the stuff on social media and then I saw the goal and the three things did not make a perfect triangle. It was like... The, the, <sighs> the player who's making the difference for them is Jacob Ramsey at the moment. He looks oh, really, really good. And yeah. if we'd have had a player like him coming through our academy, we'd have been fine. Because he's exactly yeah. what we need from, from in that yeah. midfield area. But, I mean, because he, I, I believe he made his debut against Wolves last season when we Possibly. lost one nil. It was it was one of his first league games anyway, and he's just pushed on. You can see he is a going to be a really quality uh, quality player. Um, next up, um, Oso Wolves um, on Twitter um, asks, "What's one player from another?" Um, Premier League team that you'd bring into our starting eleven, and who would you be replacing? Mm, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I've got recency bias about this right now, but I just watched the Leeds game earlier today, and Rafinha was just on fire. Like, would you be replacing? I guess Trinkau. So well, Trinkau in, in that slot. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, he's he's seriously good. That's a hard question, isn't it? Really, just because to be put on the spot with, it's like, how do you how do you answer this? Do you do you go for a player in a position where we think we are weak, or do you just go all out for your sort of favourite player? Be be indulgent. Who you can have whoever you want, Kim. I'll go Kevin De Bruyne, and I'd I'd replace him with Matinho just because he's getting old. Okay, that's a bit of lateral thinking there. You know, yeah. See, part of me did think it go Mo Salah. Similar, similar thought process around Gully. Yeah, 
Um, but I don't know. There's something I don't quite like about it. I don't know what it is. It's too. It's, too, it's like a cheat code, isn't it? It's too. Yeah. It's too easy. You don't it's want to go right easy. to the top end of the Premier League. You, you want someone who's a bit. Yeah, I, I was like a bit more edgy uh, and quirky. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, we're bring Van Dyke in. No, we got Conor Cody. Ah, <laughs> so can't do that. Too easy. So, uh, yeah, I, I might just be boring um, and, and, and say Salah for now. Um, right, next up, Gaz Roberts asked, I thought this was a great question, is um, is that free kick the best ever seen at Molyneux? Are you, are we all By thinking... the opposition or Wolves? Any, I imagine. Any, we'll go, any. We'll, go, we'll go for any. Are we all saying Dave Jones versus Stoke, right? Dave Jones versus Stoke. Was the flick up, bam, yeah. yes. Yeah. There was one Barry Douglas scored against Leeds, um, oh. which went proper postage tamp, top corner, which I don't think got the props it deserved at Was the that time. one where it was actually a little bit, if I said, offset from the goal as well? Yeah, it's, like it's it kind of out towards the right flank. Yeah, it, it wasn't um, like in line with the post. It had to like have some props. Yeah, served, didn't but it? he yeah. whipped it proper top corner. And um, I think we all just kind of... It was that season where everything was just a bit easy and we were a bit casual about everything. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a great goal, blah, blah, blah. But that free kick was unreal. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I can't really feel... Remember sort of two... Too many. I think the Dave Jones one's just iconic, though, isn't it? Because it's just, you don't see me like that. Could you include the O'Hara goal versus West Brom? Are we classing that as technically? That was away, was that... wasn't it? It wasn't. It wasn't. Oh yeah, of course. It was. There was it? one. I think I recall Paul Merson scoring against us for Portsmouth. They're going back years now. I was um, going to say I don't remember Paul Merson playing on a pitch. Yeah, and he done Matt Murray. Like he, he basically went fain to go one way and put it to the other corner. Um but I just remember that being really good for you. I'm slightly anxious now that again it wasn't at Molyneux, but the the infamous Tomoy Ketsmeyer one. Yes, that was. That's a great free kick. Yeah. Great goal that. that was. Yeah. Again, I think I'm a I'm a bugger for a set piece move, I think, as I've kind of already alluded yeah. to. But again, just something a bit different. Get get him thinking. Um right, couple more. Again, similar, similar vein. Um, that is mine. That is mine. That I'm, I'm, I'm the goal. If someone said, what's the best opposition goal? It is that one. But then I can't actually think of any other good ones. And there must be, but I just like to like erase them from my memory. I, can't. I think you always feel like, as it's your own team, we're all pessimistic fans, aren't we? That team score, all, all the wonder goals get scored against your team, don't they, and stuff. But I'm trying to think. There was a game where... Uh, Everton scored a couple of great goals. Phil Neville scored a screamer yeah. from and the edge of the bottom. Billy Electron off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there were a couple of good goals. Um, and there was a Jermaine Defoe hat trick. And they weren't like anything special, but I just remember like they were just unreal finishes. Was that when we drew three all with them? I think it was a yeah. Yeah, that was just it. passed away. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That was a couple, he scored a couple of good goals that day. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I remember Raul Morales scoring a cracking volley against us um when we were in Premier League. I think it was it was the game where basically Keys and Grace got sacked. Um which is what most oh, people was it? Oh yeah. god yeah it bounced out to like I, I, I can't remember yeah. how it came to him. I think it was like a long ball upfield probably Christoph Berrin nodded it back and it just like fell to right as he just thumped it into the underside of a crossbar. But I was gonna say actually 
I know my one now. I've been stalling for time. Connor Cody uh, for Huddersfield. Yeah, that was a great strike. True, yeah. Especially considering what we've seen him do for Wolf since. It doesn't really map up, does it? Did you know he's no. nearly played 300 times for Wolves now? It's mad. That's crazy. That's hardly crazy ever missed a game, think. hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. That's, it's just wow. going. And to think he used to play in centre midfield or right back at stuck back in the yeah. day. That is mad. Part of me just can't go. I wonder what it'd be like if I saw him in centre midfield now. And then I think Probably not great. I don't I mean, know. It's literally not even described as an option now, is it? For any, no, like, no. any, I think Nuno ever mentioned it. Bruno said, considering how short we are with the squad, and he talks about certain players doing certain jobs, mm. Connor Cody playing centre mid is just not discussed. It's no. a taboo subject. No, exactly. I think it, it, the game suits being in front of him. I don't think yeah. a 360 game would do particularly. And look at the centre midfielders that we have now. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Neves and Matinho's passing range. Yeah. Um, last question uh, for the part is from Andy Smith. Who's going to score more goals between now and the end of the season? Raul or Fabio? Raul? Yeah, Obviously. Yeah. Raul he'll he'll play more. Yeah. And, yeah. I do expect Fabio to get maybe three between now and the end of the season, though. All competitions. So how many do you reckon Raul's going to get then? Four or five? I reckon he'll go in a bit of five or six, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. In total this season, you think Raul will score? Five, six more, I think. Five, six more. Yeah. Double so, figures, easily. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see I'd like to see Jimenez get to double figures. I, I mean, think I'd he's going to get about 15 goals because we're going to have a cup run. So, league and uh-huh. cup run. Yeah. Very I smart. think Fabio, Fabio's driving us to, to Wembley, I reckon. So let, let let's think of it this way: Fabio's going to drive us to Wembley. Himnes is going to fly, fly us, us to Europe. Europe. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There we yeah. go. I like there it. We go. That's nice. That is a really nice poetic way to end the show. I'm going to end it there because I don't think I'm going to say anything better. And I feel like if I say anything more, then I'm going to ruin it. So we're going to leave the podcast there for this week. We'll be back. I want to say Thursday evening for the Brentford preview show. Um, big thanks to 90 Min Football Network and to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Make sure you go check them out, pixelyetimedia.com. Uh, we're on Wal- at Wolfsandcast on all our social media, so that's YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, as I say, make sure you keep up to date with all our lols and trolls on there. Um, until next time, it's goodbye from Kim. I've just got a little one little stat to leave you all with. So, okay. When we were made Europe, no, a couple of seasons ago, at this point we had the same amount of points mm. as then. So dreaming is for free. And I'll leave it there. Who said that? I don't remember that guy. Uh. <laughs> Bringing it dead. out again. It's dead to you, isn't he, Gully? Oh, yeah. Bruno all the way, yeah. <laughs> it's goodbye for uh, Gully. Good night, everyone. See ya. See you next time, guys. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? I'm going to